Hello there. We are finishing first and second Timothy, the whole entire series. This is our last week. Um, and we are actually finishing second Timothy this week um, to wrap things up. And it's um, it's a little bit sad because it's Paul's last, like his last hurrah, right? Like we know that we know that um, it doesn't end well for Paul. Uh, on this earth and Paul knows that that's what's coming also but um, there is some encouragement too as we go along because he knows Mm -hmm. that um, he knows where he's going so yeah anyway Terry do you want to read for us for today we're going to finish up chapter three today and then we'll jump into chapter four starting tomorrow I'll read verses 14 through 17, excuse me. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We start out this passage with the but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what the but's there for. Well, we finished up last week talking about um, evildoers and imposters going from bad to worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a big contradiction because now he's like, yeah, all of this stuff is happening for them, but remember what it is for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If you could, if you knew that you were leaving this earth and you had one last opportunity to communicate something to your children. And when I read this, this is kind of how I see it. You know, he sees Timothy as his son. So this is his last opportunity to impart um, what's really, really important to him. Um, And so I think, you know, he's warned him you know, be careful. There are deceivers out there. And now he's saying, but as for you, you just continue in what you've been taught since you were an infant. You know what those things are. Um, They're from the scriptures. The things that are really important are from the word of God. I found um, in second Timothy, these last uh, couple of chapters, a lot of verses that I knew and I know, and I really love but I didn't really know they were here in Second Timothy. I, I don't know. I think a lot of times when I think about some of these verses that I love, I think it's in Philippians or Colossians or, you know, whatever. I didn't think about it being in Second Timothy. So when I read, all scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that it was here in Second Timothy. Yeah. What a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. And we do hear that a lot, right? Especially in the church world, we hear um, 
we hear that that because that's verse 16 and we do we hear that a lot mm-hmm. well, I think oh, that's such a foundational thing you have to believe that the scriptures are from God otherwise it's just a nice book with some nice thoughts in it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it has to in order to wrap your heart and your head around the fact that it's a it's something powerful and life-changing you have to come to the understanding that it's the reason it is that it can be is because God has breathed all this and I read some commentary that talked about how important this breath is because God breathed life into Adam Mm. after he created him after he formed his body out of the dust and so it's that same kind of life-giving breath that the Holy Spirit, when he breathed these scriptures into existence. And, and I like that cool. it's all scripture. All scripture. I think a lot of people, uh, some churches kind of preach that the old is gone. We don't think about that. We don't talk about it. We don't have to include that in anything. But there's a wealth of wisdom yeah. and and tells you who God is all throughout that Old Testament. And that's that's included in that all scripture. Yeah. So, you know, don't leave that out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Jesus and Paul had. And Timothy, too. They had the Old Testament. That, that's where they got their, um, all their truth, all their beliefs came from the Old Testament. So, yeah, we can't, just because Jesus is on the other side of the cross now, that doesn't mean that we wipe that out. That was a, a fulfillment. It's one long story, right? Mm-hmm. Even into eternity with us, it's one continuous story that's going on. Um, and so, yeah, it's very interesting that some people want to kind of say, well, that was for then. And, you know, we don't need to worry about that now, but there's so much to be learned there. And uh, it all points toward Jesus. All of it. You know, just like every single bit of the old keeps pointing toward the coming Messiah, the Messiah, the and um, it fulfills, I mean, I know the Jesus coming fulfills all the prophecies and stuff from the Old Testament. But when I read the New Testament and then I read the Old and it fills in a lot of the gaps, like, oh, that's why. Yeah. That's, they understood that because of this Old Testament passage. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, imagine that God created it all to work together. <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons i think that the old testament is so important is because it serves as a foundation it shows us where we've uh where we started and like you said it um weaves it all together leading showing prophecy and then leading because if we just started the new testament like hey there's this guy Mm -hmm. well it it i mean that's nice but um one it would like historically, if some guy just shows up and somebody says, well, he's a miracle and he's the savior, but nobody has any idea. I mean, it'd be like Joe Schmo being like, hey, I'm your savior. Guess what? Right. <laughs> like David Koresh. Hey, I'm your savior. <laughs> like, right. ah, you know, it, there's through history been um, false prophets. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be a way to validate that or prove mm-hmm that this is the Christ, this is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Jesus fulfilled those prophecies. And Angie, back when you were saying, you know, God breathed his word, this, this is why it's different from a novel. 
from a, a mystery book that we might be reading. This is live and active. This, the words in the Bible um, have life in them. Yeah, they're not just a written word. It's God. It's God. Yeah. God's spirit is in these words. Yes. All scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through, um, through faith in Christ Jesus. So even that, yeah, it, and it mm-hmm. makes us wise and it explains and tells us why and how. Yes. Unlike my math books in school, they did not make me wise. <laughs> it just, yeah. it didn't happen, right? <laughs> I can't imagine a life without knowing the Psalms, the, the comfort that I've gotten from some of those Old Testament passages, um, the questions that Proverbs um, have answered for me. I mean, I all the beautiful prophecies in Isaiah, um, th- there's just, the Old Testament is so rich in life as well as the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can't I love Ecclesi- oh, sorry. Ecclesiastes, yeah. I love Ecclesiastes. I mean, Something so simple that is so profound, like two things. The eye is never full of seeing, and the ear is never full of hearing. That's true. I mean, you might get sick of listening to someone drone on and on, but your ears never like, okay, that's it. We're done. We can't have, we can't hear anything else. You know, it never gets full, <laughs> and yeah. your eyes don't either. Okay. It's interesting. Like sometimes we talk about people relaxing or settling down or trying to calm down. Um, and, and sometimes it's switching to turning off a TV or the rattling sounds or whatever and putting on a music that has a rhythm to it or has a, a calmness to it. And people absolutely do calm to music. Mm-hmm. But one thing, nature has its own rhythm or sound there's something different when you listen to nature and you just sit there for a while in it and you can start hearing a rhythm and a movement it's beautiful it's beautiful so when when it says in here that um all scripture um is god breathed and it's it's useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness what I liked about that is it's like, no, we're not training on our own. We're not rebuking people on our own. We first have to ground it in scripture. And by the way, the scripture isn't just scripture that's sitting there. It's, it points us to Jesus Christ. So ultimately, and that's the mistake the Pharisees made, is they just studied scripture and they didn't look for Jesus. and They weren't aware of him and they couldn't see him. And it's really important for us to not study scripture so that we can catch somebody and teach somebody. And what we have to always be looking for when we're studying scripture is Jesus Christ himself mm-hmm. and asking him to transform us and make us wise in whatever he wants us to do. I, I love that scripture. That is a really good one. Mm-hmm. I think, and I don't know, I thought about it for the last week or so. Rebuking to me seems like a very public thing. Um, where correcting might be something I could do personally for myself. I don't know, maybe correct other people, though. I could be wrong on that. But rebuking seemed to have more of a public presence. That's a pretty strong word, rebuking. Yeah, I probably have that definition wrong, but I don't know. Maybe it's the strong, you know, the difference between, like, rebuking and correcting. All of that rebuking, correcting, and training is to get us to the place where we're equipped 
to do every good work yes. that God has prepared for us to do. Yeah. There's always a reason. I mean, it just, you know, how we just have said over the years, over the years, mm-hmm. ladies, that God is a God of order, right? right. And there's a yeah. reason and a purpose for each thing. And so this is making us wise, leading us to Jesus so that we're ready to do the work God has for us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think rebuking, while that seems like a harsh word to us, I think back on how the Holy Spirit has rebuked me from time to time. Right. Um, And it's usually been, you know, we've talked about this before. It's usually like a, do you really want to say that? Yeah. Uh, Hey, Angie. You really want to? You really want to say that? You really want to do that? So that is rebuking. It's mm-hmm. it's very, but he he does it in a very gentle way, and it but it it sure catches my attention when I get that. Um, I I'm on guard. Then it's like, ooh, do I really want to say that? I mean, I can tell that it's an important thing that I need to pay attention to. Um. So I think you know, rebuke can come in a lot of different ways. Um, we do need to be a little careful not to put our own twist on words, um, mm-hmm. but to, to really get an understanding of, of what those words are meaning in context and how God might be, um, how he might work with you personally. So yeah. I don't, when he says that to me, when I feel that in my spirit, I don't feel like I've been slapped on the hand or anything. I just feel like I, somebody's just sort of reached out and taken my hand and said, hmm you really want to do that? Mm-hmm. But that is definitely rebuking. Yeah. So I quickly looked it up in the um, Strong's Concordance part. And mm-hmm. the rebuking is, it says like reproof, things that is to be tested true. Mm-hmm. And then in the, um, oh, there was that other word. In correction, I'm sorry. Correction is restoration to an upright or righteous state. Mm-hmm. Correction, improvement of life or character. So it's like, oh, just different. I love yeah. going into the words and stuff like that. I so. do too. I love those word studies. Yeah. And I like looking at the little differences. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can mean something. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess it could take place publicly or privately. Oh, that's my new thing, by the way, is things that we see in, in personally. We see in our families. We see in our, our country. And then we see in the world and back down yeah. all those things. We can see it. I, to me, I see it like uh, all these different levels. So I think part of that is because we are humans and this is what we do. And this is the world we create with that. Yeah. So we're going to recreate our own systems and our own things. Mm-hmm. So one thing that, that was you, a little bit off. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Um, just one thing that we never, like we really haven't even talked about is, um, Verse 14, where mm-hmm. he says, um, but for you, continue what you have learned and become convinced of because you know whom, no, you know those whom, my goodness, you know those from whom you learned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think that that serves a rem- as a reminder too for us to um, make sure that we're sitting under wise teaching and that we know who we are learning things from. Mm-hmm. Um, like we talked about how the Old Testament, it all led up to Jesus. Yeah. And that's that important foundational aspect. Whereas if that wasn't there, then that foundation wouldn't be as evident. And that wouldn't have diminished Jesus at all. 
um, because Jesus is who he is, but um, without knowing, then you can have somebody like your David Koresh. who's like, guess right. what? So because of the fact that um, Timothy has, has learned all of these things all the way along, um, that he can rest and he knows because he is aware that the evildoers and imposters are going to go from bad to worse and be deceitful, but he has that foundation and he has that foundation from when he was little so that he knows and trusts those that he is learning from. I think so that's even really if, important. Yeah. If you don't have that foundation from when you were little, mm-hmm. make sure whatever that foundation is now that it's on the truth. Yes. What is true? Everything has to start from that. And let's, I, I just want to have my little pet peeve here. It's not my truth and your truth. Those are called opinions. Mm-hmm. There's something called the truth. And that's what scripture is. And that when you put your life on that foundation, then you can test, is my behavior correct? Is this lining up with the truth? Um, am I telling the truth? When I say things, and it, it, it's it's huge because it has to be on that foundation starting. Um, because, okay. it, it, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's I fine. think it is important. One of the wonderful things about being in the body of Christ is that we're supposed to be in a relationship with each other, right? So if I'm in a relationship with you, I see how the Word of God is working in your life. Mm-hmm. And so... As I watch the Word of God working in your life and I watch your relationship with Jesus, then I can judge the fruit of that, right? So if you're someone who's known to me, then I know something about you and I can judge that fruit and then I can rely on what you say and do and I can trust you. Um, I think it's a little hard sometimes in our generation, you know, we've got all the people on the television and all the people on the radio and... <clears throat> you never really, you don't really know those people. You're not in any in, in real relationship with them. Um, but so the only way that you can know if you if, if they're trustworthy is if you make sure everything that they're saying is lining up with the word. Maybe you know someone who knows someone who knows them personally, but that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty far removed these days with a lot of the television stuff. Um, so then you really have to rely on looking at their what they're teaching without really knowing them and making sure that it lines up with the word of God. Um, But I think, I think we're a lot safer in community. I think we're a lot safer Mm -hmm. in the church where we can, with our own eyes, um, see the behavior and the walk of someone, their relationship with the Lord um, so that we know that that's someone we can, we can kind of model after Um, like, you know, Paul would say, you know, follow me the way I follow Christ. So mm-hmm. Timothy could really look at Paul's life and see that he was authentic, that he was he had a real relationship with the Lord. Um, and the and change, he's been walking with him. Mm-hmm. He didn't yeah. just meet him. He's been oh, walking he's been, with him. So in, in um, chapter 3, verse 10, where it says, Paul says to Timothy, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, patience, love, endurance, my persecutions, my sufferings, all these things that have happened to me. You've seen me go through these and you know how I live. You can trust what I'm saying Mm -hmm. along with your grandmother and your mom. 
and maybe others that you've seen, mm -hmm. this is the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Walk this way. Yeah. I think that's pretty powerful. I really that's do. Yeah, that's interesting. He goes on to say that people who, who um, I could like quote scripture instead of just sum it up, but it's like everyone who in verse 12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So the fact that someone's undergoing persecution in hard times doesn't mean it's not the truth, right? What is evident is the is the fruit again, right? So everybody's going to get persecuted. Everybody can have a hard time, but then is it grounded on truth? And you check that with scripture. And then you go on to um, verse 13, where it says, while well, evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So there's also this trajectory that happens with it too. So don't be, um, again, we're talking about that endurance. Don't be tricked by hard times. That's not going to be telling you whether it's true or not. It's what is the fruit yeah. and who are we going after and grounding in that. Yeah. I like what Angie said. Um, I don't know, a couple of times ago or whatever. Um, I'm not called to judge, but I am called to be a fruit inspector. That has really <laughs> stuck yes. with me. Yeah. I love that saying. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just like you're saying, Rosemary, what is their fruit? Inspect yeah. the fruit. Mm -hmm. Paul's got some good fruit. On he does have some good fruit. Yeah. So on that note, how about if I pray for us? Great. Okay. God, we just praise you, Lord. We just um, thank you for this opportunity to be in your word. And Lord, we just ask that you increase and draw us into your word, Lord, more and more and more that you build our desire to study your word, to know you through your word, but ultimately, Lord, to know you, because we know that you are our pursuit, Lord, and that we um, and we know Jesus Christ, God, and we just um, thank you that all of this does point to you. We ask that you take this and um, help us to make us wise in this, to equip us, Lord, and to put things in your order, and, and Lord, to come in line with you, God. We ask that you ground us in your truth, God, that we produce good fruit, Um we just praise you, God, and we just thank you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>